Welcome. Welcome to the AV Forums Podcast Extra, presented by Phil Hinton. Hello and welcome to November's Podcast Extra. Coming up, we're going to look at the hot topics on the forums, the movies news, look at some of the gaming news, and we're also going to cover some of the hot topics in the world of home cinema. The AV Forums Podcast Extra. And joining me for the podcast extra, as always, is Steve Withers. Hi, Steve. Hey, Phil. How you doing? We're going to kick off straight away with the hot topics on the forums at the moment. And uh, no surprise that first and second place is taken up by a game. Yeah, Phil. Basically, the uh, the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim is the most talked about subject on the uh, on the forums at the moment, occupying both first and second place in the threads. Um, although the second uh, thread actually is a problems thread, so... Obviously, there's a few issues with the game itself, but uh, that's picking up the top two. And then uh, moving on to the third place, we have the Samsung PS59D6900, which is still generating a lot of buzz on the, on the forums. Um, that's third place thread. And um, I think uh, we've got to say that we reviewed that TV not long ago, and um, it's generating an awful lot of buzz um, on the on the forums generally, and, and probably is in the running for one of our TVs of the year. Yeah, it's a it's a cracking uh, TV. It's at a great price point, so I'm not surprised that third place is the owner's thread. Uh, yeah, we, uh, yeah, positive buzz. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be some co- complaints in those forums. It, it's normally the case with these threads. It's quite funny that the the Skyrim there's there's one positive thread and one one that's yeah. full of problems. But then again, it is forum land. Uh, fourth position is fourth position is Miss AV forums semi-finals and final. So um, slightly contentious, I think, because some people might consider this to be sexist, uh, myself included. But it does reflect, I suppose, the fact that ninety-eight percent of the ninety-eight percent of the members of the forum are men. <laughs> so we can't really be surprised. Yeah, you're not offended at all. Uh, let's just say that this is not actually a beauty contest in any way. It's uh, photographs. Am I right in that? Yes, that would be correct. <laughs> um, and it could be any photograph, I suppose. That it could, it could be something, maybe not even based upon looks, but based upon someone's popularity as a personality or something like that. Oh, well, it's got to be Scarlett Johansson. So moving on to fifth and sixth place, uh, Blockbuster release again, another game thread. Yep, another game thread. This time Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, obviously the biggest release this year. Um, I think Call of Duty has been the biggest release for the last three years, in fact. Um, But no surprise to really see that generating. I'm surprised it wasn't number one and number two, to be honest. But it's fifth and sixth. Uh, Once again, you've got... um, well, but basically the fifth fifth place forum is covering weapons damage charts on the game. And the sixth place is, co- is covering Call of, Call of Duty Elite, and which uh, apparently the title of the thread is Call of Duty Elite and Absolute Shambles. So once again, uh, people complaining about something on the forums. Oh dear. Uh, seventh place, I'm surprised it's so far down the list, but the iPhone, which was last month's most popular subject, the iPhone uh, 4S, down to seventh place as the most popular thread. And uh, I have to say... I'm sticking with my iPhone 4. I don't know about you, Steve. I just, I don't see the... I've actually got an iPhone 3, Phil, so I'm not even as far along as you. I can't say that I'm particularly excited by the recent announce, you know, launch. Um, are you? No, it kind of just went by. I, I mean, as soon as I said 4S, I wasn't interested. If, it, if yeah. the, you know, updated the the full thing to uh, an iPhone 5, I might have been interested, but there you go. Seventh most popular thread this week, 8th, 9th and 10th, is the imminent closure of Best Buy in the UK. Steve, they didn't last very long. No, they were a year, was it? I mean, there was a bit of a shock, actually, when they announced that uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, needless to say, it's generated an awful lot of chatter on the forums. As you say, 8th, 9th and 10th place top threads are all about it. Um, I guess, you know, a huge, a huge company in the States... And you'd have thought, given their you know their ethos of providing a quality service and b good products and pricing, 
that it had done well here, but apparently they obviously obviously haven't done well. Although I'm amazed that they've only given it a year. You'd, you'd think uh, you'd give the market longer. Than that. I don't know what that says about. Maybe that's a commentary on the AV, AV market in the UK, or maybe it's just a commentary on, on the state of the, of the economy at the moment. But uh, it, a bit it's, of a shocker. It's got to be difficult though, coming into a marketplace that's already dominated by the likes of Curry's. Um, you know, retailers like Carrie's PC World, that kind of thing. They're in trouble too, aren't they, Phil? I mean, to be honest, it's very difficult, as far as I can tell, for bricks and mortar um, retailers to compete with the internet at, at the lower price points. Um, and I know that, you know, Comet, Curry's, they're all struggling at the moment. And uh, I guess, you know, maybe that maybe it was just too late for Best Buy to come into this market. Maybe that market's almost gone now. We were discussing it four or five years ago, the, the state of the TV market at that time, and it's never improved. They, they're always looking to uh, break the margins, and, and there is no margin left, on, certainly on TV. So if that's the same for other areas of the market as well, and there's no uh, markup to be made on products, it's it's no surprise that well, the overheads that they have, they are struggling. Yeah, I mean, obviously, that given that... That the four members do like to find a bargain every now and then. I think it'd be worth checking out Best Buy for any uh, stock they're selling off cheaply. Okay, so that's the 10 most popular threads on the forums this week. And remember that Mark Hodgkinson posts the top 10 threads every Thursday in the news forum. So if you're interested to see what is uh, the big threads of the week, then that's what you should check out. We'll be back in a second with some movie news. You're listening to the AV Forums Podcast Extra. Extra. So moving on to movie news, the movies podcast was posted on the 7th of November and uh, in it was myself and Steve along with Simon, Mark and Chris and we discussed the Jurassic Park trilogy box set release uh, silent Running and the 3D releases of Beauty and the Beast and The Lion King. If you want to listen to that, it is on the forum, so go and download that. And this month, in terms of reviews, has seen cards review the first three Jack Ryan movies on Blu-ray, as well as the Millennium Trilogy. Uh, in brackets, the girl. Tell us about it, Steve. Yeah, that's basically the the original three. I think they're extended cuts as well of the uh, original Swedish films. The, the girl who, the girl with the dragon tattoo. Uh, the Girl Who Played with Fire and the Girl Who the Hornet's Nest. So it's the three, the three millennium. They're known as the Millennium Trilogy, or the original novels were, hence the title of the box set. Um, but there's those three. Obviously, we're waiting for David Fincher's remake of the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, which comes out in a couple of weeks' time in the states, and, and I think here as well. So um, it's quite exciting. Um, Chris always always busy with the horror side of things, as often often is the case. And he covered Evil Dead Two, um, The House by the Cemetery, and they very hotly discussed on the threads. Um, the Human Centipede 2 uh, full sequence, uh, which is um, obviously a sequel to The Human Centipede, uh, itself a relatively controversial film. But the new one um, uh, was actually banned briefly by the BBFC. So, in fact, Chris's review does go on a bit more about the nature of the BBFC and, and the fact that they banned it and then that they did eventually release it, but with cuts. Um, and that's caused quite a bit of controversy, I have to say, in, in the reviews for you. I've got to say, I've never heard of them. Have you not? No. I, I would like to describe, I, I won't describe what the film entails on, on the podcast because it's not very pleasant. <laughs> but go and have a look on, on um, IMDb. And uh, for 3D fans, things still a bit thin on the ground, Steve, but we have had uh, a couple of Blu-ray releases through. Yeah, we have. We've had reviews of Conan the Barbarian um, in 3D. That was a, trans, a conversion. Uh, Rio, which was obviously a, a native 3D um, CG animation, and The Smurfs, which was, again, a combination of live action and CG, but it was um, after the fact, post-production conversion. Coming up, we've also got Cars 2 um, 3D, uh, which, which I have seen and, and is quite good. It was excellent 3D, actually. Not such a great movie, but excellent 3D. Um, and we also have 3D releases coming up of Toy Story 1, 2, and 3, and also um, uh, Spy Kids 4. <laughs> so that's one to look forward to. 
So Steve, out of those three, the only one I've seen was Rio, and we saw that at the LG launch back in Paris on, the, I think it was the largest 3D screen in, in the world at that point. That's right, yeah, world record. Yeah, so I take it the other two are avoidable? Yes, if you're going to watch, certainly if you're going to watch them, and I wouldn't recommend either film really. Uh, Smurfs, I suppose, was harmless enough. But if you're going to watch them, watch them in 2D. The 3D conversion was, was terrible, uh, and you can tell it's not real 3D. Uh, I'm not. I'm not a, I'm a, I know I'm on record as not being a big fan at all of 3D conversions. They just don't work, in my opinion. Uh, Rio though has excellent 3D uh, and was a very enjoyable film, so highly recommend it actually. So if you want to keep up to date with the latest Blu-ray movie reviews that are on AV Forums almost on a daily basis, then head over to avforums.com forward slash movies and check out the latest 2D and 3D Blu-ray reviews. Now coming up next is the games news. The AV Forums podcast extra gaming news. So, Steve, we move on to the games news, and up on the site now is our review of the latest Assassin's Creed series from Ubisoft, Assassin's Creed Revelations. That's true, Phil, and also, we mentioned it previously as one of the hot topic threads, but uh, we've got Leon's review of Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, so people readers can see how it stacks up against uh, his appraisal of the previous first-person shooter, uh, the much-loved Battlefield 3. Yeah, and don't forget that there's Steve's review of the latest and the ongoing adventures of Nathan Drake, which is Uncharted 3. Uh, and that should be available to read now by the time this um, podcast has gone up. And uh, once again, a, a hotly, hotly weighted title. I actually saw some of that as an early example of Uncharted 3 at CES back in January because it's a Sony game and it was um, it uses 3D. So, um, yeah, another, another big title that's come out in the last couple of weeks. And again, available to read on, on the forums right now. So in the run-up to Christmas, uh, there is one more games podcast. It is coming along on the 14th of December. And in that edition, they're going to be talking about um, some kind of modern warfare versus battlefield tassel. I mean, it means absolutely nothing to me. But if you're a gamer, <laughs> then uh, check out the games podcast, 14th of December. And coming up next is the home cinema news. The highest definition. 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 This is the AV Forums Podcast. Extra. So moving on to uh, the Home Cinema News. The Home Cinema Podcast was just posted last week on the 21st of November. Uh, We spoke about lots of things in there, including the Paradigm Speaker Package, the Optoma 3D Projectors. Um, We also discussed Peter Jackson's use of 48 frames per second to shoot The Hobbit in 3D. If any of those topics interest you, then head over to the podcast forum and download the Home Cinema podcast from the 21st of November. And uh, moving on, recent reviews that we have posted to the website include Panasonic's professional reference badge winning VX300. Now, Steve, this has created quite a bit of conversation on the forums. Uh, It's the first TV in three years that we've awarded a reference badge to and no surprise that it is causing uh, quite a bit of discussion on the forums. Yeah, definitely, Phil. A very popular uh, popular review, I think, uh, and a lot of um, discussion on the forums about, well, I basically, you know, as you say, the last TV we gave a reference or badge to was the Kuro, no surprise there, um, three years ago. And while there have been excellent TVs that have come along since then, of course, there's always, there always seems to be something, you know, not quite right that just stops us from getting a reference badge. You know, a lot of high recommenders, but no references. Um, the VX300 is basically uh, a sort of, takes the technology that was on the VX200 and takes it to the next level. It adds 30-bit um, image processing. I, I think I can safely say that this, the, the, after reviewing the, um, the VX300, it was the first time I, I, I didn't want to give the TV back at the end of the review and would have happily kept it. And when we have Kuros as our reference displays, so that gives you an indication of, um, of how good, the, good a TV I thought it was. You know, it had, had absolutely superb picture. Um, re- I mean, I have uh, friends of mine that came around and saw it were immediately gobsmacked by it and said, no, that, that looks incredible. And it really did. It had a, lo- a lovely 
um, lovely motion handling, you know, great colors, beautiful blacks, the gradations were fantastic. It really was a spectacular image. But, you know, at seven, uh, 8,000 pounds, 7,999, you'd expect that kind of quality, really, wouldn't you? But, you know, people have been crying out for an enthusiast TV. So I think it sort of sits between the 42,000 VX200 and the, uh, what is it, 3,000 VT30. Um, and there's nothing there until now. So I, I guess it's the first uh, the first real TV. I mean, obviously, it's a professional TV. It's aimed at the professional market, but clearly it's going to be sold by installers. And, and it is certainly also aimed at the enthusiast market. And, and it's the first TV, I think, to address a lot of the demands of the TV enthusiasts that we've been seeing on the forums and the threads over the last uh, couple of years, haven't we, since the Kuro basically disappeared. It's uh, it's one of these things that for quality you have to pay for it. And I guess that kind of highlights the issue that just what a bargain the Pioneer Kuros were and, and the fact that, you know, looking back on things with hindsight, they were obviously selling them far too cheaply. Well, yeah, I think clearly, you know, if you based, based, based uh, the price of the VX300 compared to what the Kuro was selling for, no, no surprise really that Pioneer ultimately couldn't stay in that market. Their business model just wasn't going to work at that price point. The margins were too thin, and they were making a TV that was way, way better than the price they were charging for it. I mean, the fact that it still remains a benchmark TV three years later gives you an indication of, of how good that display actually was. Of course, one of the things that we forget when we are talking about reference TVs, and, and things have moved on since the Kuro in terms of adding 3D onto the TV. Now, it's not going to appeal to everybody. It's certainly not something that would sway me into buying... Uh, any TV, um, you know, picture quality in 2D is still my main focus. But uh, in terms of adding the extra of, of 3D, it does give a, a lot more than, than what the Kuro did. Absolutely. I mean, you know, things have moved on in three years. And cl- clearly, the, the, the VX300 does do things that the Kuro just can't do. I mean, the Kuro, you know, is, is, is a great television, but it's a three-year-old TV. Technology's moved on. And now you've got 3D, of course, and other features, which mean that that the, the new benchmark, effectively, as far as I'm concerned, is the VX300, both for 2D and 3D performance. So talking about technology moving down from the VX200 to the VX300, I mean, the next question, obviously, on the forums has to be, you know, will we see this in the consumer TVs uh, for 2012? Now, there's a lot of an assumption that we're going to see a VT40. We don't know what the model numbers are going to be for, for next year's TVs, but we will get to see them. In less than six weeks, Steve, um, when we go at CES, when we go to CES, so uh, it's something that we're going to have to keep our eyes open, and uh, I guess that's the first stand we're going to head to. Uh, As always, I mean, it's. I mean, I think uh, to a certain extent, Panasonic are victims of their own success because there's always, always a lot of interest in their in their new new models when they when they're announced at CES on the forums, and they're certainly you know within the TV enthusiast market, um, if probably the, the prime manufacturer. They put a lot of technology and research and investment into their plasmas, and they have been absolutely superb um, up into and including the VX300. And I think when, when I reviewed the VX200 back in January, um, there was definitely some stuff that did feed through from that into the VT30 and the other plasmas that were launched this year. So I, I definitely expect to see some of the technology in the VT, VX300 um, filter through into the new models that are coming out in 2012. This podcast goes out on Monday the 28th. Myself and Steve on that day will be in London. We'll be there with Sony for a Sony AB Forums event where forum members will be uh, coming along to have a look at the new projectors, the HW30, which is their budget 3D model, the VW95ES, which is the £6,000, £7,000 3D model, which will go up against the JVT X70, and we're also going to see the 4K native VW1000 uh, projector, which is what I'm really looking forward to seeing, Steve. Um, seen a few in the past, 
but this is the first one that is aimed at the home cinema market. Yeah, like you, Phil, I'm definitely very excited about this. Um, I've, the only 4K projector that I've seen before was JVC. They have at their offices. Um, so I'm really excited in seeing um, the Sony in action and, and seeing what it can deliver in terms of picture performance. Hopefully we'll get a chance to see both some 4K content and see what some 2K content look, or 1080p content looks like uh, on a 4K projector. But, uh, you know, I mean, if you're talking about where projections technology is going to go over the next year or two, we've had 1080p, we've had 3D. I guess 4K is the next stepping stone. Uh, and um, certainly it'll be really interesting to see um, what it looks like tomorrow. And for uh, those four members that can't make it along, uh, we will be making a video. Obviously, you can't see uh, how good the projectors are on a video, but we will give you all the information and uh, the thoughts of the four members that make it along, uh, all independent, of course, so their thoughts uh, won't be edited in any way. So you'll get to hear what four members think uh, exactly about those uh, models. So look out for the video. It should be uh, up on the website later this week. Uh, that's week beginning 28th of November. And uh, once again, the AV Forum's editorial team will be heading to the bright lights of Las Vegas, Nevada to cover the largest consumer electronics show of the year, CES 2012, which runs from the 12th to the 13th of January. And uh, it's a venue, Steve, where all the major players in consumer electronics unveil the lineups for the year ahead. It's a must-go-and-see show for us because it gives us a good idea of exactly what's coming up uh, in the next year. Yeah, absolutely, Phil. I mean, if you're only going to cover one show in, in a year, it has to be CES. It's the show where basically everything, pretty much everything, for the next year is going to be announced from all the major manufacturers. But the only thing that doesn't really get launched at CES is projectors. They tend to get launched later in the year. But basically, pretty much everything else will be announced uh, during that uh, five-day period. And uh, as you say, Phil, very exciting for us. A great chance for us to see these new products and to tell you all about them through our video posts and um, and a blog. We will be publishing uh, the latest news on the press day, which is the 9th of January. Uh, Mark will be doing that. Sadly, Mark is stuck in the UK. Poor old Mark. Uh, but he'll be posting all the press releases up to the website on the 9th, uh, which is from the main press conferences. Now, the reason we're not going to cover that this year is basically that everybody and their dog goes along and covers that and uh, the web is soon saturated with all the, the news from the press conferences but what we'd rather do for you uh, on the forums is go out and actually look at the products in person, check them out uh, make a video about them and then post the video for you so you can get a good look at the new products that are announced for the year ahead and it's likely to be the year of 4K displays uh, with more manufacturers announcing products in the Ultra HD format Steve and uh, we we'll, might even get to see the latest developments uh, with Glasses 3 3D TV and the evolution of the smart TV systems. Yeah, we will, Phil. I mean, certainly last year's CES was a little bit thin on the ground in terms of uh, new tech. It was mostly um, sort of uh, refinements of existing technology, um, more smart TV, more 3D, bigger panels. Uh, Toshiba were really the only manufacturer who were sort of trying to push the concept of Glasses free 3D, um, but it didn't work, and we, we saw... Pretty all the displays that were there, and and obviously with with these displays, if you move your head left or right, you begin to lose the 3D effect. It's very much dependent on where you're positioned. But there's been more development in that in the last year, as you say, and it'll be interesting to see how they've got along in terms of um, delivering that technology when we go to CES this time. Um, I expect to see quite a few manufacturers with um, with um, glasses-free 3D prototypes at the very least, possibly even some. Uh, I know they've already been some launched in Japan, so yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, interesting, but I'm more interested in 4K. I don't know about you, but 3D. Personally, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah, been there, done it. Uh, let's have some 4K displays, and I guess this is the year where 
you know, the manufacturers, they've been disappointed with the sales numbers on 3D. 3D just hasn't taken off in the way that, that they've expected it to. Uh, in their eyes, it's been a bit of a disaster. So I guess that has to mean that we're going to move to 4K a little bit quicker. Absolutely, Phil. I mean, I mean, obviously, the reason for developing new technology is to sell more TVs and displays. If they aren't selling because of 3D, they'll have to find something else to sell. And I think the public generally look quite like big numbers. It's always a good marketing tool. And so I can see 4K being popular in that sense. And obviously, the addition of 4K will also perhaps make the lenticular screens better. So maybe there'll be a double whammy in terms of glasses-free 3D and more high-resolution displays. But I'm definitely excited to see what, uh, well, first of all, I'm excited to see what Sony could deliver with the existing 4K projector they just launched. And excited to see what people, other people, other manufacturers have got coming up uh, when we go to uh, Las Vegas in January. And of course, Steve, the, the one technology we haven't mentioned yet is uh, OLED. OLED. It's been around for <laughs> it's been around for five years. We've seen it at every trade show we've been to, but we haven't seen any large screen sizes. And uh, I'm not holding out an awful lot of hope this year that it, it's going to break new ground. No, Phil. I mean, let's, let's be honest. We you've reviewed a uh, was it a 15 inch OLED, and we saw a 31 inch OLED over a year ago at IFA that LG had, had developed. I haven't seen any sign, any sign of that since. As far as I'm aware, the only manufacturer has been doing any development on OLED recently has been LG. Uh, and they've been pretty quiet on the subject too. So, um, yeah, I'm not holding out much hope, to be honest, and, unless something massively surprising comes along. Uh, as far as OLED goes, it just seems that the, I suspect it's partly the, the economy that they just haven't got the money to pour into research and development at the moment um, for something that will be initially a very expensive product. And perhaps they'll concentrate more on, on 4K and glasses-free 3D rather than OLED at the moment. Uh, so that's CES. We're, we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves. It's still six weeks away, but, uh, you know, as enthusiasts, we get excited about these things. It's getting closer and closer, and uh, I guess we just can't wait to see what the technology is going to be this year or this coming year. And uh, just to wrap up on the home cinema news, uh, we've got some upcoming reviews now. Steve, you've had a delivery of the JVC X30. Any initial impressions? Yeah, I actually watched a film uh, last night on on the X30. Tried it out, uh, and my initial impressions are that it's it's very similar to the X3. To be honest, um, I haven't checked out the 3D performance yet, so I can't comment on that. But certainly, 2D wise, it's, it's it seems to be basically very much like the X3. I, I can't see any major differences in terms of performance. The only major difference in terms of features um, is the lens memory, which is a great feature, and I really like the addition of that. Uh, if you've got a scope screen, it's a very handy feature to have. It means you can you know, just change from 2.35 to 1 to 1.85 to 1 with the press of a button. And that's quite a useful feature. It's been on the Panasonic for a long time. And it's good to see JVC bringing on board their projectors. Otherwise, though, it's it's very similar to the uh, to the X3 as far as I can tell. So far, in 2D, I'm hoping to see a difference in 3D performance, though. So we'll, uh, um, stay tuned for that. And, of course, uh, the other important thing is it's £500 cheaper this year. That's true. It is. I mean, it's a very competitive market. And when you consider um, that, that when the X3 came out last year, uh, it was the only projector in that price point that was 3D capable. Uh, and now you've got uh, about seven or eight projectors, some of which are you know, as low as you know, the HD33 um, from October, £1,300. So very, very competitive market now in the, in the sort of lower price point 3D projector range. And one of the reasons why there are a few features missing from the X30, for example, it doesn't have the motorized um lens cover that the X3 had. So clearly they're trying to cut a few corners to save some money. But still, two thousand less than £3,000 for an X30 is a fantastic price point, really. Absolutely amazing. We're also expecting uh, the X70 along. I'll be having a look at that one when it's available sometime in the next week. So keep your eyes out for that. And also, uh, Steve, you'll be looking at the same two Nero 1, which is 
a little bit more expensive in terms of 3D. It's a single-chip DLP from uh, the company, but uh, you've had a quick look at Manchester and was quite impressed. Yeah, it looked good at Manchester. Obviously, I saw the three-chip um, DLP, sim, uh, the SIM 3DS, SIM 3DS, and that was excellent. So I'd be very curious to see if that kind of performance can filter down to the single-chip version, uh, the Nero one, which is um, which which I should be getting in about a week, hopefully. So uh, basically, I'll be reviewing that straight after the X, X30, so from one sort of price point to another, really, in terms of um, review samples. Okay, so that wraps up the home cinema news. We're going to move on quickly uh, to forum news. You're listening to the AV Forums Podcast Extra. And kicking off with the forum news, uh, we're going to talk about the, quickly the TV survey, which is now finished with. Uh, so thanks to everybody that took part in that survey, which was uh, sponsored by our friends at Seven Oaks Sound and Vision. We had 797 participants, and I'm pleased to announce that the lucky and randomly picked winner is I Am The E-Tube, who has just won a Canton Movie 125 MXAV speaker package, courtesy of Seven Oaks Sound and Vision, which was worth £399. So well done to you. And here's a few findings. Yeah, basically, the findings consisted of 96% of the respondents were male. No, no massive surprise there, to be perfectly honest. And more than 55% have a TV in two to three rooms. Um, so that, that's probably about what I'd expect as well, to be honest. 61% admit to replacing their TVs every three to five years. And 75% spend between £500 and £1,999 on their main TV. Um, 75% also own a surround sound system. And the key elements when choosing a new TV are pitch quality, resolution and the size, with most of the participants wanting to upgrade to a 50-inch screen or larger. And over 76% will be very interested in auto calibration feature, uh, which so would we felt we could find one that actually worked. Yeah, unfortunately, the, the ones that are available at the moment, uh, they're a little bit buggy. Some of them will work <laughs> if, if you stick with it, but it seems to take quite a, uh, a long time playing about with these things. And really, it should be a plug and play type system for the mass market, Steve. Absolutely. It needs to be, it needs to be pretty foolproof. And uh, in all honesty, the ones I've I've tried to use so far, given you know that I am actually a trained professional and I've struggled to get them to work properly, doesn't really help the, the poor guy in the street who you know obviously won't be you know a, a, a trained calibrator. Um, you know they need to be to plug and play, plug plug them in, press a button, and it calibrates. And at the moment, unfortunately, um, the results have been <clears throat> would be worse than if you just chose a pre-calibrated preset. So, Steve, I, I guess the encouraging thing here is that seventy-six percent have mentioned calibration and. Uh, you know, that's uh, that's something that we have been preaching for the last three or four years on the forums is to get your TV calibrated. And we have seen developments with the likes of THX adding in uh, more standardised uh, presets that try to get to the standards. Um, so that's encouraging in itself. Absolutely, Phil. I mean, I mean, as anyone who's read our reviews will know, we do uh, we do an out-of-the-box measurement and a calibrated measurement as part of the review process. And, you know, most most good TVs these days have quite quite comprehensive calibration controls on them. I mean, thanks to the work of both us and ISF and THX, manufacturers include calibration controls that mean you, you can get a very accurate grayscale and, um, and color gamut these days. Uh, obviously, it helps, though. You, to do that, you, really, you need a trained professional with the right equipment and the right experience. And as we said a minute ago, the auto calibration tools so far haven't been that effective. If you want the best performance out of your TV, then it's, 
and it's best to get somebody in to calibrate it so that you're getting a reference gray scale and a reference color gamut that matches the industry standards of Rec 709 and D65. So basically, you're seeing exactly what the director intends you to see. Quite a difficult thing for people to find calibrators. So we have, in the last couple of days, added links to our reviews in the right-hand column, just below the pros and cons, which gives you the opportunity to access details for the AV Forum's gold standard calibrators. Now, basically, uh, this is four calibrators at the moment who we have approved as uh, being reliable calibrators. And uh, we hope uh, that you'll find this information useful if you should ever want to have your TV calibrated. And they do cover the whole of the UK. So uh, next time you're looking at the review and uh, you think that's a TV for me and I want it calibrated, then there is a link there for you to press on. Now we move on to the AV Forums Rewards. This is a new site which has just been set up by ourselves in partnership with the UK's number one cashback and voucher site Quidco and it's designed to help you cut the costs of buying your gadgets, games and gizmos uh, online. So AV Forums Rewards allows you to earn cash back at more than 3,000 retailers both online and on the high street and it also gives you access to some of the best voucher codes in the UK. You can join free today and you could start saving hundreds of pounds each year. To celebrate and to celebrate the launch of EV Forums Rewards, our partners at Best Buy, eBuyer.com and Dell have provided a selection of exclusive deals. So if you're interested in that, uh, there is a story on the front page. And carrying on competitions and Steve, uh, the JVC DLA X30. Yeah, so I've just got in for review. And if you hurry, there's still a competition going at least to the, to the end of the month. So two more days, um, a chance to win a day JVC DLA X30 um, and, a, and uh, two pairs of 3D, uh, 3D glasses. This is, as we mentioned earlier, a projector that's worth just under £3,000. And um, based upon my experience with it so far, a fantastic projector. So definitely work, you know, get, it, get into the competition as quick as you can. You've got two more days to go. And to wrap up on the podcast extra for this month, the 12-man AV Forums team taking part in this year's Movember have been working hard at growing their moustaches and raising money. We've also been posting some uh, extremely silly appeal videos. Uh, the latest one is the A-Team. Go and check it out. It is hilarious, if I may say so. <laughs> <laughs> even though you're in it. <laughs> even though I'm in it, I, I still think it's very funny. And, uh, you know, kudos to the guys for making absolute idiots of themselves. Yes, I there. had to debase myself with a sheet for that video, so I hope you appreciate it, everybody out there. Now, the whole point in November is to spread awareness of male cancers and to encourage men to go and get themselves checked out if they have any health concerns. Around 26% of men will not go to the doctors compared to women and one in two of all men will encounter cancer in their lifetime. As AV Forums is a community made up of 98% male users, we're just the kind of group where awareness and discussion of these issues is necessary. So uh, we've also produced a nice one minute video with some lovely ladies wearing moustaches. It's called Awareness. Uh, so please go and have a look at that video. Have a look at the AV Forum's uh, A-Team video and <laughs> the appeal videos. And please donate to the team. At the moment, we stand at £1,600-odd. We're aiming for £2,000. So please uh, go and have a look at the photographs, at the videos. And if you feel inclined, then please donate. And that wraps up the podcast extra for this month. Don't forget to look out for December's podcasts with the Movies Podcast on the 7th, the Games Podcast on the 14th, the Home Cinema Podcast on the 21st, and we'll be back again with our year-end podcast extra on the 28th of December. This is Phil Hinton saying thanks for listening and we'll see you again soon. The AV Forums Podcast Extra was mixed and produced by Phil Hinton and the senior producer was Stuart Wright. All content, including sound clips and music, is copyright material and used for promotional use only. The AV Forums Podcast Extra is copyright M2N Limited.